going on everybody what's going on welcome back to the show you tune into real talk with the six man and uh today man i wanted to do something different i wanted to share some positivity some encouragement and let you guys know that um you got to trust the process you know success doesn't happen overnight and there's definitely a process once you plant that seed you have to go through that process so that way you can find what you need each step of the way to allow yourself to become successful. Um, I had a friend of mine that I was able to talk to today. His name is Jermaine Miller of Jermaine Miller Consulting. And um, I mean, this guy, I met this guy in Dale State um, and didn't know him that much. Um, but I'm glad that I had a friend that knew him and I was able to connect to him on Facebook. And we kind of chatted a little bit about Dale State and our times at Dale State. But we also got into the fact of you know, allowing ourselves to get a better understanding of what that process is and actually planting those seeds to those dreams because we got to have, you know, uh, a dream to, to in order to find our purpose in life and actually understand that there's a difference between goals versus having just a checklist, just things to do. And so I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the opportunity that he gave me to talk to him to share with you guys. I mean, the man is very successful. Um, he's well known now, and he actually has been mentored by Les Brown. So I want you guys to sit back, relax. Um, let's listen to what he has to say and enjoy the show. Appreciate y'all. How's everything today? Man, everything is everything, man. I'm up. I'm blessed. Um, you know, that's how I look at it, man. I look at every day as an opportunity to get it right if I ain't get it right yesterday. So my motto is be better than you were yesterday. That's that, kind of my motto. That's a phenomenal motto. My motto yeah. is if my feet touch the ground, I'm running. Yeah, there How's you that go. <laughs> hey, hey, that's what's up. So man, what's been going on, man? Let's 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 get it in real quick, man. First and foremost, man, what is going on, man? How you been, man? Oh uh, man, everything is in incredible. Um, just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of great things going on for me. Working on, uh, you know, actually finishing two books at the same time. Um, okay. Speaking, um, training, coaching, running businesses, entrepreneurship, dadlife.com, You know, all of this stuff. Trying to stay positive in a world that is a little confused right now by, you know, things that are going on in the white house, as opposed to fixing things that's going on in their house. Right. So, <laughs> so that's a great point. Right. Right. So I'm just remaining positive out here and um, helping people. Really. My, my goal in life is just trying to be an impact uh, to help people um, and empower them to live their dreams by me living mine. Right. That makes sense. So let's um let's 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 go back though a little bit. I mean, because you, you you and myself included, you know, uh, are some, you know, uh, I'm gonna say older heads of Dale State, um, and we had some, um, what can I say? We had some uh we had some trying times at Dale. State. Right, right. I mean, we didn't know what Dale State was gonna do for us. We didn't know um you know how we was gonna eat. Sometimes we ain't know you know, how things look, but it was like Dale State was our sanctuary because it was our place where we had people that we was cool with. We met new people. 
Um, we always had that one or that group of people that we can go hang with if things weren't going right. And for some reason, I'm learning now that even in school, everybody wasn't keeping it real. And when I say wasn't keeping it real, meaning everybody wasn't really telling everybody, you know, the real story about them. Because I'm finding out now that it was people having issues, more issues than I even thought, even myself included, that nobody really knew anything about. That is absolutely correct. Yeah. So so before we get into um, everything that you're doing now, kind of take me back to Dale State and how life was for you entering Dale State and how, you know, you and my my homie T-Man, you know, y'all was roommates. I'm still a little mad about uh, the Red Lobster <laughs> thing, but, you know, but let's but let's kind of talk about Dale State and then we'll kind of move forward from there. Yeah. So, I mean, just a real brief story about myself. You know, I was raised in New York City, Staten Island, New York. Um, I grew up in a single parent household, which that's probably the majority, unfortunate for a lot of us. And my mother, you know, she did what was best. She put a roof over our head, clothes on our back, food on, on, in our stomachs. And, you know, basically outside of that, I was kind of left to kind of figure out life, which is a casualty for a lot of young African-American males nowadays, or just a lot of young people nowadays in general, because you have a single parent household, one person's working, the other one's off in a far country mentally. And then, you know, we're being left to be raised by television, society, influence. And then when it's too late, that's when we realize we didn't spend any time with our children. But Fortunate for me, I had an influence growing up. And one of my influences growing up was my grandmother and grandfather. But my grandmother really was the dominating influence in my life. And she lived in Harlem in the 80s. So if you remember, I mean, she she was in Harlem for the majority of her life. But, you know, I was I was born in 79. So I pretty much grew up in Harlem. And that time Harlem was the worst place to be in the world I mean you know the drug epidemic the AIDS you know people laying in the street getting killed gangs the evolution of rap breakdancing everything's going on in Harlem in the 80s if you don't really know what Harlem is like you could you could just take a look at New Jack City right so that's like the 80s in Harlem and so the influence that I had with my grandmother was I wanted to buy her a home You know, I I said, you know, I didn't want my grandmother going through that. And I didn't realize at that time that that was a goal for me. Even though I was in high school, even though I was in junior high school, I didn't know that that was a goal for me. So I pushed past some of the uh, statistics as being a dropout of high school and, you know, getting girls pregnant in high school and all of that stuff. And I was the first person in my family to go to college. And the college was obviously Dell State. And, you know, the first year was rough for me. I decided I wanted to take electrical engineering, right? So I'm a double major and all this stuff. And then because I was still dealing with some issues with my mom when I had went to Dell State, I was pretty much on my own from when I got dropped off on campus. So that's why a lot of people didn't realize I was, I was, I was a double major and I was working Red Lobster and NBNA. So I'm, do, I'm doing Red Lobster, NBNA call center, and then I'm doing double majors. So I was never really sleeping because I needed the, the money for school. I needed money, right. period. And then I'm in school. The second year in college, uh, the, toward the latter part of my sophomore year, we discovered my grandmother had lung cancer. Oh. And before that, my uncle was in a car accident in uh, Atlanta. Car flipped over a few times paralyzed from the neck down so we were dealing with a couple of back-to-back issues so I decided at that point in my life I was smart enough anyway I'd drop out of school or I'll come back what we say I gotta go deal I'll come back I wound Mm -hmm. up coming back to New York Um, we we wound up putting my grandmother in hospice and that was challenging for me because we got a big family and I'm saying to myself why didn't we get together financially and at least put my grandmother in a predicament where she can start thinking better in terms of recovery. My grandmother figured, hey, listen, I got cancer, I'm going to die. Most people don't know um, (laughs) cancer is the most feared word in seven different languages. So when someone says you have cancer, we automatically assume that this is the end all here. And that's what happened to my grandmother. So 
put her in hospice shortly thereafter she passed away and I didn't know the day that we buried her I buried my dreams and I buried my goals and why do I say that or why am I saying that is because for six years after that we buried her when I was 19 I wake up when I'm 25 I'm sleeping in a basement on a floor on a coat my only coat I got 93 cents in my account and all of this was the sum total of actions that I took from that moment. And I'm talking about I dropped out of college. I got married and divorced. I had multiple children by different women. I'm mm. homeless uh, multiple times, sleeping in cars. Mm. I was incarcerated. I, I was getting fired by jobs left and right. Bad credit, mm. cars repossessed. I mean, I crossed off every possible statistical uh, stat I could possibly... Po- cross off before I was 25 years old. And when I woke up this morning, this one particular morning, I said to myself, God, I can't live like this anymore. And you know, what you said early was powerful. You said that there was a lot of people not real. And I found myself floating through life the same way. I wasn't real. I wasn't in tune with who I was. And I was doing a lot of things that I shouldn't have been doing as a, and still being on the sideline, kind of like parked with my hazards on because I'm still dealing with the death of my grandmother and then a follow-up death of my grandfather because he had prostate cancer. So I had to make a decision. 2005, here I am, um, homeless, 93 cents in my account, you know, children by different women, um, blaming the economy, blaming the government, blaming society, oh, yeah. oh, blaming, yeah. blaming, blaming. One of my oh, yeah. favorite quotes was by George Bernard Shaw. He said, people are always blaming the circumstances for what they are. I don't believe in circumstances. The people that get on in this world are the people that get up. They look for the circumstances they want. And if they can't find them, they make them. But I, right. I was making circumstances. I was just making circumstances that I didn't want. And so right. at this point in my life, I had to make a decision. I asked myself this question. And it, it, this is when we look in the mirror for real. And I said, Jermaine, what do you want? Who do you want to be? And what do you want to do? Because if you don't answer these questions now, in five years, if you continue doing the same thing you're doing right now, gonna it's going to be a casualty. Yeah. So I had to make a decision. And one of the things that I decided was perhaps maybe I could start a business. You know, I, I, you know, I could start a business. But the problem was I didn't have any money. Then I couldn't find a job because I had a bad attitude. And the jobs that was willing to hire me, I wouldn't take them because, you know, I don't want to start at the bottom. You know, why I want to start at the bottom at a job? I want to start at the top. So I wasn't mm-hmm. getting hired. The next thing I thought about is going into some kind of sales career but I knew that it would be driven by commission, which obviously I didn't have the time to play with commission. So I thought about real estate. I called a friend of mine who actually went to Dell state as well. We became really great friends. And I said, listen, man, I don't have the money for this real estate course. Can I borrow the money from you? And he looked at me. I mean, he said, Jermaine, I don't have the money either, but there's something about your passion right now that I'm going to send you the check. And we, we got to both hope that it clears. And so he sent me the money. Damn it. <laughs> so he sent me the money. The check did clear. But here's <clears throat> what happened. Um, I walked in this office that I got hired by this real estate company the third day. I printed out my bank statement, had 93 cents in the account. It was through Norfolk Bank. The bank is now Capital One. And wow. I remember walking in. The third day of training, I pulled my, the boss to the side. I said, listen, I appreciate the bagels, appreciate the juice, appreciate everything. But I got 93 cents in my account. My Metro card is going to expire. I can't continue coming for this training. I got to do something, sell a home, rent an apartment, something, anything. And he's thinking that I'm joking. And I think he saw the fire in my eyes. And he said, you can catch up to this later. I'm going to put you in one of the offices. So he put me in one of the offices. And I was the first person then, last person to leave, not because I was really working hard, but I really didn't have any place to go. So I'm tucking clothes under my drawers, uh, in my desk drawers. I'm hiding stuff in certain places in the office because I was sleeping in the office, taking showers in the gym. But 
for 10 years of my life, I devoted to real estate. And not only did I just devote to real estate, I became good at it. I sold over 200 million. I was driven by the idea of I can have more in life, but me as an individual, I wasn't becoming more. And what I learned through that whole entire process is it's not what you get that makes you valuable. It's what you become that makes you valuable. And what I was becoming was something that I really did not want to be. And here's why I say all of that. When I, I made a commitment because I kept getting overlooked at different real estate companies. Now I'm at a point where I can control what the company is going to pay me or this company is going to pay me because I was a producer. But they right. kept hiring managers who I thought I'm, I should have been a manager or they shouldn't have been a manager. And so I had to say to myself, do I want to take control, control of my destiny or am I going to just continue allowing other people to do whatever they want to do and dictate my environment? So I decided to open up my own company. And in 2015, <laughs> I started my own company, Mill Real Estate, in New York City, New York. We opened up three offices right after that within two years. Very successful real estate company. And I felt then, you know, I got everything I want or do I? Mm. And and that's when I sat down. I bought the house. I bought the big five bedroom house in the country. I got a condo in the city, five cars, money, all of that stuff. But when I sat down on my couch one day, I said, "This is not what I want." Mm. And so I said, "Well, what do you really want?" And I said, "I want to help impact and empower people to live their dreams, whatever that Every dream point. is." If you want to own a business, if you want to get out of debt, if you want to get out of bad environments, if you want to overcome objections, if you want to overcome self-imposed limitations, I wanted to be that conduit. So from there, I launched Jermaine Miller Consultant, which we train, coach, impact and empower people from children all the way up to Fortune 500 companies. Um, I was blessed to be a, a spiritual son of the, the legendary Les Brown. He took me under his wing about two I years ago. That. And, you know, that. my life has just been incredible. But I, my life only changed when I made the commitment and the decision that success is not an event. Success is doing something you want to do because you predetermined that's what you wanted to do. Right. I mean, to me... Um, in a nutshell, a lot of that, um, I can hear myself and a lot of what you just discussed in terms of the age and being at Dale State. Um, because I tell everybody, you know, when I got to Dale State, <clears throat> I came from DC, as everybody knows, but I came from a part of DC that you know gets you know all of those headlines and gets all of the you know, the attention that you really don't want to get, you know what I mean? And so Southeast DC was one of them places where, you know, poverty, you know, was, was, was rampant, but I was fortunate enough to have a mother who grind. And when I say grind, you know, my mother had two jobs or maybe three. And I, I pretty much grew up with my mom and my grandmother in the house. And I had my father, you know, they were divorced when I was a baby, but I had my father and, and I got certain things from him in terms of being a man and how to be driven, how to get up in the morning every day, go to work, you know, put that hard labor in. But it was something about, um, the, um, it was something about um, getting this, getting into this situation that I had um, when I was young, when I was in elementary school. And I, and I tell a lot of people this story because it's just one of those stories that kind of made me who I am today. You know, I was, I, I was, I was getting beat up by this guy at school. Um, he was older than me. He was like in the eighth grade. Mm -hmm. I was in like the fifth or sixth grade. And he was coming to my school every day, Jay, just beating me up, beating mm. me up, beating me up. And one day um, I'm walking home and I'm crying. I got blood on my shirt. And one of the homies, you know, one of the old heads from, you know, on the block was like, man, what's wrong? What's going on? So I tell him what's going on. He like, look, man, you got to learn how to defend yourself. You got to learn how to, you know, keep your head up, you know, keep your head on the swivel, you know, all that OG homie shit. And it's like, um, he was like, when you when you get yourself together, come back and holler at me, bring fifty dollars, and I got you. I was like, bring fifty dollars. I was like, all right. So in my mind, I'm thinking he just going, you know, rap to me or, or you know, you know, give me something that I don't know knowledge wise. But when I got back and hollered, hollered at him, you know, I gave him the fifty dollars. I mean, just blindly not knowing what he was gonna give me, and he ended up giving me a thirty eight. Mm. You see, what I'm saying Jay, and so when I tell people that, I tell people that to say that you know my life. 
um, wasn't necessarily, um, you know, I wasn't necessarily that person. Right. But my environment drove me that way, if that makes yes, sense. Yes, it does. It does make you a lot I mean? of sense. Yeah. And so, you know, and that day that I had that gun, I was like, you know, from this day forward, nobody's ever going to do anything to me ever. And so with this platform, you know, you know, being at school, going to Dale State, you know, kind of, you know, coming home, getting married, getting divorced, going through that process. Now I got my little daughter. She's five. I got my oldest daughter. She's 23. You know, it's a lot of people who, who, who did not know me and just knew me as a joker, knew me as somebody that, you know, I mean, good person, you know, always cool to be around, but not really knowing me who I am. And so one day I'm at work and I'm like you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working these jobs. I know I'm good at my job. Why don't I get the promotion? Why does this person get it? Then I get mad. Then I, then, then I'm, um, I'm leaving the job, you know, and it got to the point one day where I, I was sitting at work and I was telling one of my stories and one of my coworkers was like, man, I'm going to tell you two things and I need you to take it serious. I was like, what's that? He said, man, you need to get a podcast. That's first. And you need to write a book, multiple books. I was like, really? He said, listen, he said, sometimes people need to hear what you're saying, but you at work. So it's hard for people to hear your stories. If you at work, you can't put your stories in a box and just tell us, even though it may impact us, but you want to start impacting other people. So it was, it was, it was perfect when you said, you want to impact other people because I feel like even though my life um, hasn't been what I thought it should be at this point in my mind, God was like, guess what? It's exactly what I wanted it to be. Well, that's something that's, 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 I'm glad you said that because that's some of the challenges that as I speak to a lot of people, they say that that's like one of the biggest things that they say, you know, I'm not where I'm supposed to be in life now, or, you know, my life isn't the way that I, you know, think it should be or supposed to be. But in all reality, you are where you are at this mm-hmm. moment based upon mm-hmm. all of the things that had to happen to you to get there. Yep. So if yep. you weren't, if you weren't aware or if you weren't where you're supposed to be right now, you wouldn't be aware of that, right? Like you right. just, it's just, it's right. so That's true. you wouldn't be aware of it at all. So you are where you're supposed to be right now because right. now you're aware you're aware enough to say, you know what? I got to take this detour over here and I'm going to yeah. do this. I mean, it's like being unconscious and then now you're conscious. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe I was in these kind of relationships before or this right. was the relationship that I was in. You, you mean to tell me I could be happy? You, right. right? You mean to tell me that there's somebody really for me that's willing right. to treat me the way that I know I'm supposed to be treated uh, and right. not the way that I thought I was supposed to be treated. Like right. it's like <laughs> right. it's like being conscious and unconscious, and now you're mm-hmm. aware that you have a larger purpose. And I think that's one of the challenges that we all struggle with. We all struggle with the fact of what am I supposed to do while I'm here on this earth? Right? We all have a purpose. We all have a destiny. We all have our own unique path to follow to get to wherever we're supposed to be to accomplish. But a lot of people just don't even ask that question. And if they do ask that question of themselves, they really just say, well, I don't really know where to start. So I'm just going to continue aimlessly going through life. One of my favorite quotes by Abraham Maslow, he said, most people tiptoe through life hoping to arrive at death safely. And they Mm. do that because they never really discover who they are and mm. their ability to be impactful in the world. So because they never discover that, they, they play it safe. You know, I'll tiptoe my whole life just as long as I... Have you ever heard somebody say, I don't want to die like that. I want to die peacefully. What they're saying mm. is, <laughs> right? What they're yeah. saying is, I just want to die peacefully. I don't want to, you know, my mentor Les Brown says, live full, die empty. Right. Give everything you possibly can. And most people don't want to do that. They don't want to give everything. They don't want to leave every day on a table. You know, that was one of the things that you said early on. You know, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this life. I'm going after it. But people are really afraid to live, man. Really afraid to live. And and one of the things that I noticed, too, um, just coming to this platform was, I, like I said, I didn't know I, I didn't know the impact. I didn't know, um, you know, how I was going to touch people. And one, I didn't know 
um, I, well, I'm not gonna say I didn't know. I didn't have I didn't have an expectation. Right. And I really and I really didn't know. I mean, Jay, for real, I really didn't know what I was doing. I, I mean, I, I went and looked at a few podcasts. I looked at a few streaming podcasts, and then I just started listening to them every day. And then one day, um, it was a young lady. Um, she was ten years old. Her name was Makaya Wilson. She got killed over in Northeast, one of our suburbs in D.C. And it hit me. One night I came home. I was at work. I heard about the story. We talked about it at work a little bit. And and just so happens when I because I had I went on I went on another podcast with my spiritual mother, and she was talking about marriages and divorce because she kind of was in my divorce process when me and my ex-wife was kind of splitting. So she kind of knew a little bit about me then. But then I joined a church and then, you know, things just went from there. I I, I joined the church. I started doing prison ministry. I started volunteering. I mean, I just started opening myself up because I felt like I needed to do something else. Like you just said, that was going to impact others in different ways. So I didn't, I didn't realize how impactful I could be, but in, in, in the divorce process, mm. Um, I remember her telling me, you know, Kevin, you got to take everything out. You got to take, you, you got to, you got to wipe everything clean mm. and you got to just focus on what you want to do. You can't worry about what your ex-wife talking about. You can't, I'm not telling you not to worry about the baby, but you can't worry about her because God going to take care of her. Mm. You got to focus on you and figure out what it is you want to do. And I still, at that point, did not know what I wanted to do. But the funny thing, Jermaine, was this. I had already impacted so many people just by telling my stories. Mm, mm. It was so many people telling me like, damn, Slim, I ain't know you went through that. Or damn, Slim, I ain't know you went through that. Because when you see me, I got a smile on my face. But when I get home, I'm hurting. Mm. And so I didn't realize my stories were impacting people who were, who were dealing with some of the same stuff. And then what I'm saying, well, I went through this and I had to do this. Mentally, people taking mental notes and going home. And doing some of the same stuff I was doing. Cause I remember one time I was coming, I was waking up every morning and I was giving words of encouragement on um on Facebook every day. And it wasn't like I was getting feedback, but it got to the point where I got so busy with my job and life and you know, work or whatever, I couldn't do it every day. I started getting floods of inboxes. Hey man, what that word of encouragement at today? Mm. I was like, wait a minute, what? You know, and you just put it on Facebook, man, and you just, you know, say what you feel, but you had no idea that was the impact, just like this. I, I did the show on Makaya Wilson and I, I couldn't stop. One, I mean, it took me, I mean, Jay, it took me, <laughs> it took me 20 takes to get that one recording. Mm, 20, mm. 20 to just to get it right. And it was like, once I did that first recording, I couldn't stop. And then it's like, once I stopped putting it out there, telling people I had this platform, they begin to listen. And then I had a, a dude right up in your neck of the woods in New York. He went to school with us. He inboxed me one day. He was like, Kev, look, man, I've been meaning to call you and tell you. Um, man, you doing a hell of a job with the podcast, man. I'm five episodes in, and the thing I like about your your, your show is, man, is 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 100 raw. Mm. Meaning meaning that you ain't got no script. You basically telling everybody your life experience, and you giving people, you know, a little bit of who you are, you know, so they can be relatable, and they also listening. Like, damn, I've been through that, right? You know what I mean? Right. So I'm at the point now where I'm seeing you. And it's like, man, look at my man Jay, man. He yeah. out here really killing. <laughs> yeah. man. I mean, he out here killing. I mean, you, you, I mean, every day I pop up, I'm like, okay, video, okay, my man at the dealership, okay, my man. So in my mind, I'm like, just like you wanted to impact people, that's where I'm at now. Because when I was at the jails, I felt myself talking and it was, you know, spiritually um facilitated, but it got it got to times where I wanted the dudes in jail to know. That yeah, I know we in his preaching the gospel, but one thing for sure, two things for certain. I know this life right here, all too well. Right. I know the yard. I know what it takes to survive. And I could tell you this: this is not your end all be all. And I could tell you if you want to leave here, when they when the judge said you need to go home, guess what? You got to have a plan in place already. Right. That's true. And so and so mentally, I did a show on mental health, and I think that when I when I listen to you talk. And then when I kind of think about the mental health episode that I did, I think that's where our community gets blocked. Yes. Our mental health is blocked and we and we're not allowing ourselves to mentally get healthy to allow our bodies and our minds to do something totally different. Yeah, I mean, I like what you talked about because mental health now seems to be this I don't want to you know mental health seems to be like this kind of fad. Like, you know, we go through these like fads, right? Like 
health fad and motivational speaker fad and author yeah. fad and this yeah. fad and that fad. So now mental health is the the fad now. And I, I, I and and this is no disrespect to anybody who thinks they're dealing with mental health issues, but I I feel very confident when I say that the majority of our problems stem from the fact that we don't know who we really are. One and number oh, two, we don't know what we really want. And because we don't know what we really want in life, we get what we don't want. Right. And when we get what we don't want, we spend all of our time complaining about the things we don't want in life instead of focusing our attention on the things that we do want. Therein lies for me a mental health challenge because now I'm living with regret. Now I'm living with shame. Listen, bro, I'm 39 years old. I got six children by four different women. Right. When I'm 25 years old, I got 93 cents in my account. I'm sleeping on the floor. I got three children by three different women. So what I'm saying to you right now is I could have had a mental health problem then that required me to use drugs and required me to be on certain things. I was with the children last week, seventh graders. Uh, I had a group of them, 12 of them. And yeah, 12 of them. And they told me before I walked in the door, well, you know, Jermaine, I, we just want to let you know that they're probably not going to be coherent because we already gave them drugs for the day. I said, they're 12 years old and you're giving them drugs? Yeah, they're going through so many challenges. They got all these mental health issues and things like that. And I said, there's nothing wrong with these children. The problem is you created a story. And this is the story that they're living by. Therein lies the mental health challenge. So when we start to change the narrative, when we start to change the stories that we create in our minds and and walk us out of these tiny prisons that we hold ourselves hostage in, that's when we release the mental health problems. But because it's such a fad that people feel like they're getting paid on, they're not actually telling people the truth. Right. It's money. It's money. Right. We're getting paid. Here's another drug. You can use that if you have a mental health problem. Boom. Some more money. And that's and that's why the deep rooted issue isn't changed or corrected because we're dealing with the surface stuff. Yeah, that's that's I had a conversation with uh with T Man not too long ago. Um and we basically just talked about um, you know, the, the systematic breakdown of black man period. And, you know, it's a stigma because it's like, you know, black men have this stigma that they ain't shit. They don't want to work. They don't want to be entrepreneurs. And I'm like, it, that that's not the case. I mean, we, you look at TV and that's what they portray. Right. When, when actuality is men out here really doing grown men things in their lane. If you only got a job and it's paying you $12 an hour, guess what? You can only do what you can do in that lane. If you making a hundred thousand dollars, then you can only do what you can do in that lane. But the but but where the where the things get crossed, where the lines get crossed, is the dude that's making twelve dollars an hour is looking at the dude that's making a hundred thousand dollars and thinking that he can do and live that life. And you have no idea what the sacrifices were to get to that lifestyle. Right, right, right. And I, you know, it's again when we talk. You just brought up something that I think is very powerful. It's managing our expectations of where we are as a person. So if you make $12 an hour, there's no way that you're going to create a $100,000 life with $12 an hour, not right away. Realistic. When we're talking realistic, but there is a process. It's like, first of all, you have to have a seed. And that seed is your idea. That seed is your dream. That seed is your business. Whatever the seed is. And you got to know that whenever you plant this seed, that there is a process, that process that it takes to produce a harvest. We got to go through the fall. We got to go through the winter. We got to go through the spring. We got to go through the summer. Then we get our harvest. Right. But most people don't start with a seed and then they get mad at the process. Why do I have to go through all of this to get what I perceive is what we call Success. That's why I said early on in the show that success is doing something you want to do because you predetermined this is what I want to do. And if you're not doing what you really want to do, you're not a success. It doesn't matter if you're making $12 an hour, a million dollars a year. You're not a success because that's not what you really (laughs) want to do. 
But we also have to know in this process that we have to take steps. You know, you know again, I'm, not, I got, I'm 25. I got 93 cents in my account. Did I make over millions of dollars over the last few years? Absolutely. But I had that image of me being a millionaire when I was with 93 cents in my account. So I progressively strive toward that. The definition of success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal, which means that every day I'm progressing towards something that's larger than where I am. Right. And when people realize that, they say, oh, you're right. You mean to tell me I have to become a different type of person in order to attract this goal. So it's like, I want that, but I don't want to become something greater to attract it. I want it, but I want to remain here. And that's right. the process. The process is growth. The process is I'm going to put my idea down over here. And I'm going to work my behind off until my dream manifests. I'm going to work my behind yeah. off. I'm going to do what I got to do right now. And that was one of the challenges I had when I wasn't taking jobs. I wanted to start at the top. What you mean to tell me? I'm a vice president. I'm a walk. And you know, right. you know sometimes we, we up in church all day, all day long and we twisted from church because they telling us, you know, we need to walk up in here and all this. And it's like that, that mindset that we have it's like, yes, we can be confident, but we can also be confident at the level that we're at as we're growing and working right. and striving toward a goal. That's I'm important. busting down doors talking about, yeah, I don't got a job, but I'm the vice president in here. And they looking at me like, where's your track record? Right. What team have you led? What objections right. have you overcome that warrants you to be in this position? You talking right. about you want to earn $250,000 a year, but where is your track record? Who are right. you? What have you accomplished? What are you doing outside? You know, all of those things take into account when we're talking about this word success. And everyone is always pointing the finger everywhere else instead of pointing them, their finger on themselves. Yeah, you you have to. I mean, because I felt like at the end of the day, you have to look in the mirror and you have to be willing to see who you really are. I mean, you can't be, you know, caught up on what you hear outside. You can't get caught up um, on, on, on what you may, you know, see on the TV or, you know. And, and for me, I'm blessed because I got a mean circle. And when I say I got a mean circle, I got a cool group of guys. And a lot of them, you know, you remember Cool Papa. You remember Cool Papa. Yes, yes. Of course, of course, your roommate Tony, man. You remember yeah, him. Yeah. I know you. I know you remember T Hood. Yeah, T Hood. Yeah. Um. So you know, we we still got a core group, and it's like fifteen or twenty of us that we've been at it for you know twenty plus years. I mean, now have we all been through um, ups and downs? Have we all been through challenges? Have we all been through you know kids, divorce, everything that you just missing? But at the end of the day. You know, it's one of them tasks where you cannot stop. You have to keep going. You have to look at, you know, what you want to do. But it's like now the light bulb is going off. I mean, I'm 41 mm. and the light bulb has finally went off, Jay. Like the light bulb is off. Like, you know, <laughs> the light bulb is blinking. It's like, Slim, what is what is you doing? This is your lane. I mean, I do a podcast, somebody... Hey, Kevin, that was a good job last night. I'm like, for real? And I, in my mind, I'm like, are they just telling me this because we cool? Or are they telling me this because it's really good? Like, I, I don't know. But at this point, um, I had a young lady who listened to uh, one of my episodes, and she basically was like, this is your lane. Mm. Stay in your lane. And it wasn't no, you know, it wasn't one of them thought out speeches. It was just her words. She was like, this is your lane. Stay in your lane. Right. I was like, bet. And so I just did an episode about, you know, gay men, you know, being openly gay um, and, you know, just being openly gay, period. And some of the, you know, stuff that they dealt with, you know, in, in, in that. And then I had another dude hit me. He was like, man, look, that was an impactful um, um, interview you just did. He was like, I don't think people know that you have a broad scope, you know, mentally of what you want to put out there, but you do and you got to keep it going. So it's like little inspirational things like that that people tell me and it goes to my head and motivates me to just keep going and i'm wishing like you said if we can find that one thing for all of us that one thing that allow us to keep going that'll keep pushing us like this right here this doesn't seem like something that 
I have to get up and do. I want to do it. Right. When I, right. When I go online and I see somebody and they talking good stuff, boom, let me get in his inbox. Let me let me let me see if I can talk to this person. Let me, and but then again, I'm learning because when I when I first met you, and then I'm looking at you, you know, 20 years later, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, bet. So it's like. It's, it's like when the light bulb goes off, man, you got to be ready. You know what I mean? Right. And for me, you know, being locked up, you know, growing up where I grew up, how I grew up, some of the things that I've done, I've, I've, I've came to the realization that I cannot be um, in a position where I, 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 I let that lock me down. Like, I let that keep me in bondage because guess what? I did some stuff and it is what it is. But now, how do I allow that stuff to be to come to light? So I can help somebody else dealing with some of the same stuff. Got it, got it, got it. And this was, the, and this was the best way that I felt like I could do it. And I'm mean, even though it's a small scale, but like you just said earlier, I'm a pastor. About um, about I want to say about three or four years ago, I was a guest um, at a at a at a church, and I, and the pastor preached, seeing it before you see it. Mm. I was like, wait a minute, what did he say? And then he said it again. He was like, you got to see it before you see it. I was like, damn. That's serious. And it's like now that's kind of my that's kind of my MO when I get up seeing what I can be before actually seeing. That's what imagination is. Imagination is, uh, as Albert Einstein once said, it's the preview of things to come in your life. Right. And I think that the challenge we have is we don't realize that when we don't imagine the life that we really want to live by default. We imagine mm. all the things that we don't want. It's like right. I post, I don't know if you saw the video I put up on um, um, Facebook the other day, and I talked about the seed. And I said, you know, when I, had, I, had, when I hadn't gone to my house for a while in the country, it was, it was rain yeah. and all that stuff. Rain, yeah, right. I saw that. So I'm asking the landscaper, you know, what are these plants over here? Because I didn't plant them. They seem to be all over the place. And how the heck are they coming through the concrete? Like, so right. he's looking at me and he's like, Jermaine, those aren't plants. Those are weeds. So when I Googled right. the word weeds and I found out that they grow in a, in a, an abundance and they grow, grow rapidly. So they grow a lot and they grow fast, right? right. You don't need a seed to plant weeds and right. their only job is to take the nutrients out of the soil so the yep. good crops won't grow. And I'm saying to myself, wow, that's powerful because if we look at the soil of the earth like the soil of our own mind, then we realize the negative ideas and the negative thoughts, I don't plant that. They just grow. But the positive stuff that I want for my life, guess what I got to do? I got to inject that thing over and over and over. It's like going to the gym. It's repetition. It's rest. Yep. I curl and curl and curl and curl till my bicep comes. I, I, I'm on a treadmill, treadmill, treadmill until I, I lose the weight. It's repetition. But there's yep. no difference between the repetition from a physical aspect and the repetition from a mental aspect. It's just that people don't understand. They need a mental diet just as strong as a physical diet. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 I, and I think that... Um, a lot of the marriages I just did a, I just did a quick small show um about divorce and the the number of you know the the amount of people that's being divorced now is 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 at a rapid rate oh yes it's it and it's crazy i mean because it's in the black community which i hate to say that but it is and um i talked to a few people <clears throat> and as i talked to them one of the things that always come up reality tv yes Reality TV, always. I mean, I don't care if I if I do the if I have a conversation throughout the conversation that that word comes up, man. That damn reality TV. I mean, because that's what we are injecting in our mind. Right, right. We are looking at that too and thinking that oh, that's real life. That's not real life. It's, that's inter- that's it, entertainment. It's entertainment, and that's and this is what we're and again when if we can stay on this negativity topic for the entirety of the conversation. But it it's subtle, you know, and it and it right. causes us to just uh, you know drift a little bit. There's, a, there's an incredible book by Napoleon Hill called Outwitting the Devil, and he talks about the challenges from 
um, being able to outsmart the adversity or the obstacle, which is the devil. And one of the things that he said was, the devil doesn't do anything to us. It's our inability to decide what we want and be firm on that. We start to drift away and become a casualty of everything else. So mm. when we don't define, it doesn't, whenever, and when it comes down to marriages, when it comes down to relationships, when it comes down to your business, when it comes down to your money, when it comes down to your health, when it comes, whatever it is, bro, if we don't define that thing, if like we don't have, if we don't see it before it happens, like you just said, if we don't have an imagination, if we don't have an image of what we want for our future in right. every area, we're subject to that drifting. And right. that drifting is, well, reality <laughs> television or, well, what are we listening to on the radio? You know, they said by the time we're 18 years old, we've watched 18,000 hours of television and listened mm. to 11,000 hours of music. Mm. If you combine that, that's about as many hours as it takes to get a master's degree. Right. So when you really think about all of the stuff and the, the, the vibrations that's being sent to our mindset, watching TV all day, listening to the radio, YouTube, uh, satellite, newspapers, CNN, constant negative news, all of these things, these outlets that are driving things to our subconscious mind all day long, of course we're going to be drifting because we don't have attention or we're not focused on one aim. So that's why it's very important as individuals, especially African-Americans, that we really sit down with ourselves and say, yo, you know what? This is what I want for my life. And we got to make that decision. You know, they did yeah. this study, man, and they took a hundred men and they asked these hundred men, they said, how many of you guys want to be successful? They, they took them at 25 because they felt like at 25, most people at that point might've gotten married, might've had a child, they finished college and they're in some form of career or something. So they said, 25 is the age. We're going to ask these people if you want to be successful, they all said yes. They followed them from 25 to 65. At 65, one was wealthy, four was rich, 36 was dead, 54 was alive, but they were living on some form of government assistance with a net cash value of $250. So that's what drifting does. And we don't look down the road and say, will the errors in my judgment, now the errors mean, will the errors in my ideas, the errors in my uh, delayed action or procrastination, the errors in my positivity, the errors in dream building, the errors in being focused, will the errors in my judgment, how would that affect me 10 years from now? We never sit down and ask ourselves these questions, Kev. And then right. when everything goes wrong, and it's a compound of all of the years of neglect, then we drag ourselves through the rest of our lives, blaming everything and everyone else for all the reasons why we're not doing well in life. <laughs> I mean, the only reason why I'm laughing is because that was me. Yes. Um, at, like, at, like, at like 25. I mean, I couldn't do no wrong. Me losing my job wasn't my fault. It wasn't because of my attitude. It wasn't because I said something on my mouth. And then one day, um, um, one day I'm in a, I'm in a car and I'm at the light. I'm at the, I'm at a, I'm at a red light and it's it's a light that's kind of long, and I just start crying. Mm. I, 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 I and and I mean to this day, Jay, I don't I don't know why. I mean, well, I think I know why, but at that time, I I mean, it, it just it wasn't like a normal cry, like um, like you know, you just you know, you wipe a tear. I mean, I was literally full face, had to pull over, crying. Mm. just so frustrated at the fact that you know my life does not have to look like this I got people in my corner telling me what to do I got people you know at my job telling me how good I am or what I do but I got to change some stuff and then it's funny because I was at uh, I, I, this was like one of my first real management jobs I was like a production manager for a glass company and it was a um an old guy, older guy, his name is Trevor Wells. I never forget this guy. I still talk to him on Facebook. And he's an ex-Marine. And one thing about Trevor, he white, white dude. And um, one thing that Trevor always told me, he was like, Kevin, 
He said, I'm going to tell you this, and I want you to just hear me out, and then I'm going to just leave it alone. I was like, what's that? He was like, you got to get some principles about yourself. Mm. I said, what? He said, you need to get some principles about yourself. He said, the Marines taught us, you know, principles, meaning we have to dedicate our lives and live our life a certain way every single day. Mm. He said, until you do that, you're going to be back and forth, up and down, back and forth, up and down. It's almost like your principle is your uh, handbook or your right. rule book for your life. You for know, your life, right? exactly. When you exactly. understand principle, you understand that if I use the wrong method, I won't get the principle. Right. right? So, and that's, right. That's, that's why that was so powerful because we all right. know if I use the method of one plus one, that equals two. That's the method. Right. But right. that will also equal the principle. But if I use the wrong method, I won't get the principle correct. Right. So, yes, that's correct. We need a rule book for ourselves. We need a rule book for our life in its entirety. I mean, we got to be Bill Gates, who's one of the richest men in the, in the world, has a hundred year goal plan. Now, when I first do, started doing this goal thing, right, um, you know, I'm getting everybody to do six months and a year and three years and five years or whatever. And. I, and I hear him say, I have a hundred year goal plan. And I'm saying, well, how the heck can somebody have a hundred year goal plan? When I thought about it in detail, I realized that he was striving for something much larger to be in operation when he was gone because right. he understood the value of not being 65 years old with a net cash value of $250 or dying and going to get a GoFundMe account or dying and not leaving a legacy for his children's children's children because of the hard work that he created and the businesses that he birthed and the, the nonprofit organizations that are changing people's lives all across the, the world. He had a larger goal. And that's what we need for ourselves. We have checklist items. We don't mm -hmm. have goals. We got checklist items. I got to go to the gym. I got to go to the laundromat. I got to get my car washed. I got to buy a home. Those are checklist items. And the reason why they're checklist items, Kev, is because it's something we know how to do. A goal, a real goal, is something we don't know how to do. It causes right. you to stretch and become right. and figure this thing out. And like right. you said, you said it. You said, man, I didn't know how to do this, but I wanted to do it. And sometimes that's all we need. It's right. like we try to go from step one to step 10 and don't realize that we got to go to step two, step three, step four. Right. But when we step on step one, all of the tools that we need on step one will be there for us. When we go to step two, all of the tools are going to be there for us, but it's important for us to take the step. Now, you could have been saying, you know what? I'm going to do this podcast tomorrow. I'm going to do this podcast tomorrow. I'm going to do this podcast tomorrow. And you'll fall right into the pool of all of the people who continue to say tomorrow. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And I, and I mean, and I, and I, and I told myself that um, I didn't want to start. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to live my life. And, and say, you know, what if, what if I would have did this? And because I already did that. I mean, I've already, you know, passed up opportunities. I, I already passed up business ideas. I didn't already told the wrong people about some stuff that I wanted to do, and then they brought it to fruition. And I'm just like, I can't do that no more. So when I when I when I said I was going to start this, I didn't I didn't really tell anybody because one, I didn't know how people were going to take it. One, and then two, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to do it because it was just an idea from somebody else who planted it in my head. But I'm like, I'm at the, I'm at the point now where, you know, a lot of times when I say, I don't know why that happened. I gotta, I gotta go back and take a step back and say, well, that was God doing that. Because I remember my pastor saying that, you know, just because a person's not holy then now doesn't mean that God not using them to talk. That's to the truth. That, that, you I, know what I, mean? I, I would love for us to have another, you know, session or a segment about the whole church and, you know, religion, because I think that, that's another outlet for us to be brainwashed to a certain point 
where we start to just believe certain things and don't go after certain things based on what you just said. Like there are people here in this world just because they don't go to church or just because they don't worship whatever God you worship. Right. That doesn't negate them from being a messenger to you. Right. 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 Doesn't negate that. Right. And that's true. I mean, because it's a lot of people in my life that I literally remember saying certain things to me that has never, it's still stuck in my head. I got teachers from sixth grade that was telling me stuff and I still remember what they said word for word verbatim. I got people that I worked with that has told me stuff that I remember word for word verbatim. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's it's definitely one of them things where when people say stuff to me, I don't take it for granted anymore. And I feel like at this point, I try to listen to it, especially if they're in a position that I, that I call myself wanting to be in, because I feel like, how did they get there? What did they have to do to get there? You know, what type of work did they have to put in? And I feel like in, in this situation, I really see myself, you know, in the next five years, you know, being on TV. And, and that's just me. I mean, that's just me. And so I feel like, am I working towards that? No, that's not what I'm working towards. I'm working towards making myself being a bigger impact to people, you know, bigger than what I thought I could be an impact. Like I want, I want to be that impact. I want to be when somebody listens to me, they be like, damn, that dude came from Southeast. He came from where I came right. from. Just like you. Right. You came from where you right. came from. And look and look at what you're right. doing. You don't think that you're not impacting other people on the low? Right. Like somebody might be emulating. They might not, they might not be in your inbox. They might not be talking to you. But guess what? They they following you. They they added you as a friend, and they watch. They watching Jermaine Miller. Okay, he doing this today. Oh, okay. And then I love this quote that you put up uh, with uh, Henry David. Oh, Henry David Thoreau. Yes, that's the, my Man. favorite quote, brother. Favorite Man. quote. And in I the world. and I and I read that, and I was just like, wow, that's 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 serious. I mean, because you know, if a man can advance confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors, I mean. <laughs> disguised the right name. but see disguised why that quote was so powerful and life-changing i just want to say it so that the people who are listening to the show can hear the quote as well but henry david thoreau said if a man advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to live the life that he's imagined he would meet with success unexpected and common hours now why was that so powerful for me is in order for you to advance confidently in any direction, you got to have a dream. You got to have an image. You right. got to have a goal. But you also have to know when you are advancing confidently in those areas, things are working themselves out and it's going to happen just not at the time we perceive things to happen. And I think that that's one of the biggest challenges that we face, Kev, because most of us are like, yeah, I want to do that, but I'll do it if you tell me what day my miracle is going to happen. And because I can't get involved in the process, it's like you plant the seed in the ground and then you go get mad at the ground and you're like, hey, man, my, my harvest ain't here. And I planted the seed and it's been two months and there's nothing here. And the ground is looking up at you saying, yo, listen, I'm shielding this process for you. You just right. you just do what you're supposed to do. Make sure there's no weeds coming. Make sure you water and fertilize this ground. I'm doing it. And that's right. one of the challenges that we face because now I got a dream. Now I got a goal. And I'm so worried about when it's going to happen. I stop advancing confidently in that direction, not knowing that I have to, there's no timeline when this thing is going to happen for you. There's no timeline. The goal for you is not to focus on the timeline. The focus is I'm going to birth this thing that I see in my imagination. Napoleon Hill says in my favorite book, Think and Grow Rich, he said, if you can't imagine this thing in your mind, you'll never imagine it in your bank balance. You got to wow. see it first <clears throat> right? as a whole. And that's where we don't advance confidently because we can't see it. We advancing, <clears throat> but we advancing blindly. So when we actually see something that's contrary, like the homie Peter who was walking on the water and he starts to uh, sink in the water when he takes his eye off the truth and the truth mm. is Jesus. 
So that's mm. what happens to us when we take our eyes off the truth of life. The truth is I can have anything that I want if I make a decision to go after it. But then when things start to appear contrary to my truth, I get attached to the appearances. I no longer look at the truth. And now I'm saying, oh, my God, I spent 10 years dealing with debt, 10 years dealing with bad marriages, 10 right. years with baby mama drama, 10 years of not going back to school, 10 years, 10 years, 10 years, because I've been dealing with the appearances instead of focusing on my truth, advancing confidently in that direction. And that's why that's my favorite quote. That's why it's something that I see every day. That's why it's something that just really inspires me, because we need that. To advance confidently, man. Hey, I, I, some, hey, I, something told me I needed to do this, man. I mean, I don't know what it was. I mean, I don't know if it was, in, in, you know, the, the high power, but I felt like I said, man, I got, I got to get them all so we can get it in. And uh, I mean, I just, I just wanted to thank you, man. I mean, I know, you know, it, you know, when people come on here and take their time, you know, and spend some time with me. I always appreciate it. So oh, let me first and foremost say, man, I appreciate you coming through, man. I appreciate um, just knowing you, man, because I feel like relationships are hard to come by. And I feel like, you know, even through my man, you know, who, who which I know you probably got stories between you and him more, you know, intimate than me, but, you know, just that circle, right. you know, just knowing you. I mean, I appreciate, you know, coming through and I just appreciate what you're doing, man. So again, I appreciate you coming through. I appreciate you being on your show, man. I, I appreciate you just, you know, sharing, you know, some of your some of your words. But like you just said, though, man, we, we definitely need to do this again. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, again, from, from the onset for years, uh, and this is some of the challenges that uh, you said it briefly, you didn't go into it in depth, but for years I was making an excuse as to why I wouldn't do what I'm doing right now. I, I need right. to learn a little more. I mean, yes. You know, a few years ago, I had four books in my library. Now I got over 1,200. I didn't read the 1,200 books, but I made a commitment to invest in my mind after I heard, you know, formal education makes you a living, self-education makes you a fortune. Man, when I heard right. that, it turned my life around. So I'm buying books, you know, listening to YouTube, Audible, all of that stuff every day because I'm, I'm injecting. But for years, I knew I had something in me that I wanted to impact. But I always used an excuse as to why I'm not doing what I'm doing. Maybe I don't have the money. Maybe I don't have the Who's going to actually listen to what I'm saying? You know, I don't have the time. All of these things that I, I was saying until one of my friends called me today, one day, and he said, Jermaine, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, no, I got, I'm just waiting to get everything in line. And we, and we never, we can never know when the perfect time is, this is why action is so important. I teach this in, in trainings, but why action now or action pronto is so important. And the reason is we can never, never fathom how we are going to feel five days from now when we make a decision to do something. We also right. don't know what's going to be happening in our lives five days from now. So whenever we make a decision, why people are successful, people are successful is because they make decisions fast and they're slow to change them. Unsuccessful people take too long to make decisions and they change them right. often. So you right. got to make a decision. Bam, this is what I want. I'm going after it. I'm going to figure it out on the way. If it don't Done work, did. it don't work. But I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't try by action. And that's all we need. It's like the, the train, bro. The train, Amtrak train ain't going 100 miles an hour when it first starts. It takes some time and then yeah. it picks up and it's right. going. And that's how we have to look at our dreams, our goals, and the manifestation of things. And we, ne we can't despise a small beginning. Everybody wants to start at the top, but we all know the only top you start at is when you're digging a hole for yourself. We got to understand that we have to start wherever we are and with whatever we have and we go right. from there. Right. That's, that's true. That's that, hey, that, 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 that metaphor with the train, man, that was serious. I like that. Yeah. Like, cause, cause that's, that's, 
that locomotive, man. It take time for him. But to it's coming. Up. Once he get up it's there, it's coming, brother. It's, get the it's coming. Ain't not, you better not get in the way of a locomotive. Yeah. They said when a locomotive train starts, you could put a rock on a truck track, and the train could get jammed up. Yep. A rock, brother, and that's yep. how small this small little negative idea. Once it gets yep. planted in, like, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it in an hour. I'll get to it. Yep. That small little rock stops the steam train or stops the train from going. But when the train is going, it don't matter what kind of rocks and boulders you putting away. Right. It's nailing right. them things, bro. Yeah. Getting them about it. It's getting up out of here. What are you doing? Yeah. You trying to stop me? I'm already full steam ahead. Right. That's what's up, man. Hey, man. Hey, yeah, we 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 gonna definitely we gonna definitely link up, man. I'm gonna probably get in your ear soon, man, so we can we can do this again. Absolutely, man, I, absolutely. I, I, I appreciate. Yeah, you, so man. I I know you're a busy man. It's all but... good, brother. When you made the call, when you made the link, you know, I'm I'm always happy to help. Whatever I could yeah. do for your podcast, whatever I could do for your listeners, whatever I could do for your followers, hey, man, that's what this is all about. We we collaborate. Hey, so um. So, but before we done, man, um, just just share some of your information so that way if people do want to, um, you know, catch yeah. up with you, you know, how can they find? Absolutely, you? I've been, uh, <laughs> in terms of getting started in life, I was like behind the scenes training, coaching, and speaking, and nobody could find me. So now I'm a little bit more active on social media. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Under my name, Jermaine Miller, J E R M A I N M I L L E R. Um, that's pre- basically where the hub is. My website is jermainemiller.com. It should be launching by the middle of February. You can leave an email address or, or things like that there. Um, as well as you can send me an email, jermaine at jermainemiller.com. And I'm, I'm happy to respond. Any questions, concerns, strategies, coaching ideas, if you're looking for, me to come speak to a team, speak to a company, speak to a school, I'm happy to do so. That's a bet, brother. I appreciate you, man. Definitely appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of your day, Holmes. I appreciate you coming. All right, brother. Thanks for your time today. Have a wonderful day. You too, man. All right.